God is greater than the United States. And when the government conflicts with heaven, we will be ranged under the banner of heaven against the government. The United States says we cannot marry more than one wife. God says different. Welcome to Flyover Film Country. I am Isaac Sims. I'm Olivia Clement. This is a podcast about places oft forgotten by Hollywood. And today we are actually discussing something true to our theme, the gripping drama based on the true crime book by John Krakauer, Under the Banner of Heaven, starring Andrew Garfield, FX Hulu series. Excited to talk about this. Olivia, before we jump in, let's chat real quick. You've been watching Obi-Wan, Marvel? I have, yeah. Or uh, Miss Marvel, Stranger Things, all of the yes, above? all of the above, the boys. How are you so, feeling about those four? Because I feel like those are the big four right now. Those are the big four right now. I, I'm going to be real honest. I don't know if, if I'm going to be able to get through this season of the boys. Really? Just It's just a lot. And yeah, uh, it's it's good. It's really good. It's still good. It's just so much um that first you texted me when you were watching the first episode and you were like holy cow this first episode and I was like okay I'm curious like what it what he was referring to and then I got to that scene and I was like this is what he was talking about I it it can't be anything else yep so man it's just so much uh we'll see if I finish it but I'm really enjoying Obi-Wan uh and I've only watched the first episode of Ms. Marvel. The day we're recording this, the second episode came out and I haven't watched it yet. So yes, same I'm here. holding off my opinion on that until I get further into it. And then Stranger Things, which I guess we can announce this now. We will do an episode over Stranger Things seasons four or season four, part one and two. Yes. With Walter returning, July. hopefully. Yeah, with Walter in July when the Hawkins is flyover country. It is flyover country for sure. It's as flyover as you can get flying. Yes. So I'm excited for us to actually talk about that. You and I have sort of talked about it some, but not to a, you know, not our like podcast level extent. So, uh, so you've been watching those things, right? Yes. Um, quick, just like fiat. I'm not going to do number rating or anything like that, but I started out very very excited about obi-wan and now i'm like not excited about it and we're going to do an episode on obi-wan so i'll save my thoughts for that about it but long story short i it is it's felt too compressed not necessarily like i i don't know i don't know what it is really um but it's felt pretty compressed and not fan servicing in a bad way. I feel like it's been fan servicing in a good way. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of honoring the prequels in a fun, a fun way. But um, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. th- there, there are aspects of like Moses Ingram's character as the third sister Inquisitor that I don't really buy her being a bad guy, and okay. I don't really attribute that to like her acting abilities. I think it's more of like a miscasting thing. That's just how I feel. I don't feel like she's evil. Um, and I think there, I'm, my theory is that there's going to be an arc where she turns good. Okay. 
I just, well, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling well, not, that yeah. way sure, and, sure, and I'm sure. not, yeah, not sure if you are, um, stranger things, not enjoying this season. Right. We, we, I did tell you that. Um, you did tell me that. I, do you have the same problem with Eleven in her arc, just going back to the lab and everything being kind of the same as season one? And I, yeah, I feel like they're just re traumatizing her. Yep. And so I don't and, know. And it was kind of like they had, they, they did it so that they could show where this monster came from. Right. Like that was, that was the only way they could tell that story. Yes. That's fair. I, I think I'm going to try to hold off my like final opinion about part one until I see part two and combine the season as like one, as opposed yeah. to two different things. And then I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how I end up feeling about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say I will be really upset if, if she doesn't, end up having some sort of happy ending that kid honestly all these kids do deserve a happy ending but especially 11 i mean out of all of them she's had the most trauma and yeah. so i just want this kid to be happy yeah also so, well somewhat normal i mean we, when talking about trauma like 11 it's really bad but everything she's been through but will byers with that haircut i mean that's what's <laughs> the hmm. most traumatic bowl cut yeah. i've i've ever seen yeah um, so. I also want to shout out Barry, the HBO series, um, for anyone who's listening to this and hasn't seen that show. It is season three is like just concluded and the penultimate and f- final episodes of that of season three mm-hmm. are some of the most incredible like filmmaking feats I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And two of the best conclusions to a series or, or to, to a season of a TV show that I've ever seen. And it is just out of this world. You haven't watched Barry, right? I have. Okay. So I have the last two episodes of season three and then okay. I'll, I'll be caught up. So we'll watch them back to back if you can, because it is just okay. an incredible thrill ride. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched, I saw this scene trending on Twitter or people talking about it on Twitter but the scene in I think it's episode six mm-hmm. where they're on the like the dirt bikes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like it's just a really like r- cool scene. And I think that at so for, so for those of you who have never seen it, this particular scene, Barry is like running away from people trying to shoot him and they're all on like dirt bikes. And I think that it would have been really easy to just throw on some song over it. And mm-hmm. make it make it almost feel kind of like a like a cool baby driver chase scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking Fast and the Furious, but Baby Driver would be cooler. Maybe not, depending on who you are, what your yeah, opinion is. Yeah, yeah. So, but I really appreciated that you could hear like the different musics, like music and podcasts or whatever, like whatever people were listening to in their cars as they're sitting in standstill traffic yep. on an LA freeway. And I don't know, it just was really cool. I really liked how the guy was like, hand off, hand off with yep. the gun. And, <laughs> and he the missed guy it. <laughs> missed it and then just horribly wrecked. Oh, and, man. Man. It's, Very, it's hilarious and so nerve wracking because they're driving like 30 to maniacs. 40 miles per hour between cars. Yeah. And you can tell, like, you you know that they filmed it with just someone sitting reverse on a dirt bike uh-huh. filming Bill Hader. Or I'm a, 
I guess that was him on the bike. I'm not know. sure. Like, I, I bet it. I bet it was. Um, probably. I I don't know. He's. Uh, I mean, Bill Hader's from Oklahoma, so he probably does know how to ride a dirt bike. Tell you so, what. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I bet I know you he's, one thing. I bet you he rode his dirt back to school. <laughs> I I bet you he rode it to school uphill both ways <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> oh, oh man! man. But it is yeah. it is really it is really really good. You are I, okay. I'm gonna <laughs> rephrase what I said. It's like it is a thrill ride. It is also like pretty tough and pretty pretty mm-hmm. real. So, but yeah. I know you can handle it. So, yeah. Just I've heard. That when you're done. I've heard. The last episode, especially, is just you are in a state of panic and anxiety the entire time. Yeah, yeah. And of. I saw where someone like they were interviewing Bill Hader, and he was like, or they were like, you know, what were you going for? And he's like, Are you guys not like anxious all the time? I mean, look at look at what's going on today. You know, was anxious? that the interview with Sean Fennessy? I think so. It may have yeah. been the the so. Prestige TV podcast again. Only only shout out the good stuff on our pod. <laughs> um, those are interviews that uh, Sean Fennessy of the Ringer had with Bill Hader after each episode, and so there are eight interviews with Bill Hader about every episode this season. Incredible stuff. So yeah. good. Yeah, go check yeah. it out. So, uh, yeah. So Barry Barry is a great show. Highly recommend to everyone. Yep. You know what else so. was, was a good show? Under the Banner of Heaven. Banner, yeah. Barry, Banner. From Barry to Bannon. Banner. <laughs> let's let's get into... I feel like we are going to go all over the place yeah. with this. Um, so let's just, <laughs> let's just jump right in. Um, and also, I, so this episode is going to be interesting because we are not journalists, but we do have a, a somewhat of a responsibility to communicate truth. And I spent some time today uh, trying, trying to, to generally figure out what the show got right. And, and also along the same lines, what John Krakauer's book got right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And read, read, there's a great Atlantic article um, from McKay Coppins about the series and about how they view the series as a practicing Mormon. Um, so Isaac, before, before we dive into all that, yeah. tell, tell our, our listeners at home who maybe don't know what this show is about or this mini series is about, tell them, tell them what's it about and, and why you yeah, want to preface better, that up, this episode with that statement. Yeah. This is a, that's a better place to start. Um, under the banner of heaven follows, uh, Detective Jeb Pyrie, played by Andrew Garfield, as he uh, investigates a terrible murder of a young mother and her child. And it's set in American Fork, Utah, I believe. This was that was based on a real crime. Detective Pyrie is a misnomer. Um, the actual detective wouldn't didn't want to be named um, in the book, and I believe definitely not the show, but. Basically, it came to light that this woman's uh, brother-in-laws conspired to murder her. Mm-hmm. And it came from a place of like extremist, um, fundamentalist, Latter-day Saints faith and religion. Right. So right. extremely, we're, we're going a little much heavier than usual. 
um, going back to midnight mass kind of territory, but this episode is very, or this, this series was very well done, very well acted. Um, there's a great Mm -hmm. team working on, um, working on this series and it had been in development for about 10 years. Um, and it stuff with religion always kind of grabs our attention. So we wanted to, to cover it. So yeah. Right. And, and anything with Andrew Garfield grabs my attention. So. Should we do the Holy Trinity of like, honestly, we should just, we should, uh, not the, it's not a trilogy. It's like a, it's a quadrilateral of him, uh, playing oh, religious, religious icons, not, not icons, but, um, religious, religious figures. Yeah. Yeah. Silence. So, silence. Eyes of Tammy Faye. Hacksaw Ridge. And Hacksaw Ridge. And, and under the banner of that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So he plays he plays different types of Christians in these yep. roles. And so he's he's collecting Christian denominations like Infinity Stones. There you go. Thank you. There you go. Uh, so yeah, so we we wanna preface this with yeah, with what Isaac was saying. Like we're not we're not journalists, but I do I do want us to talk about things that are true and things that are not true and, and be honest with the truth as opposed to twisting it to fit our own agenda or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, Cause, and I feel like this, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm bringing to the table, like it, and that's what's, that's, what's fun about like based on true stories, mm-hmm. things that we cover is like, well, this actually happened this, and that didn't happen. And, um, these are the creative liberties. And like this, this was the art of like adapting something that was based on a book that was based on a religion. Uh, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, I have, I like, this is not a perfect show. I would like to spend time talking about what's good and what's not so good. Um, I'm sure you caught up on stuff like that. And then also like this series is pretty, personal for me because it like got under my skin because and I'm I'm sure it did for you too because like a lot of although people didn't say heavenly father a lot um in church growing up a lot of the way that people acted and just little things I said felt mm-hmm. like I was in the church that I grew up in that uh, I have a complicated relationship with now so sure. yeah and I feel like it's the same for you yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, yeah, it is. So we'll get if into that. Every, every, it just kept getting under my skin. Like after mm-hmm. each episode, I would just felt more and more uncomfortable. Yeah, almost kind of like in a way your skin was crawling. Like it yes. just felt kind of gross. Like more, more so than more so than Midnight Mass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think because with Midnight Mass, like you know, that's fictitious. You mm-hmm. know that this is i don't want to say outlandish but it's it's far-fetched because there's not a as far as i know there's not you know blood-sucking demon or vampire that is in the middle east yeah yes yeah yeah. and so just just like throwing that out there yeah whereas with this you know this so so Brenda and Erica Lafferty are are the two who are are murdered. Yep. And this is based on their murders. 
And the book, I didn't know this, the book that Krakauer wrote is based primarily on his conversations with Dan Lafferty, played by Wyatt Russell in this show. Have you ever read anything by him? I read Into the Wild, and I loved that I also read Into the Wild, and I also loved it. It was so good. Yeah. But And I've heard that the, I was actually talking about this with one of my pastors, and he said that he read the book however many years ago when it came out. And he said that it was, I mean, it was a difficult read then. Uh, and he, he hadn't watched it, but I was talking with my pastor's dad, actually. And he said he had just finished it. And so we were talking about what his thoughts were on it. And they, they came from a similar, not, not a Mormon church but it very fundamentalist church background mm-hmm. and so it, it hit home for them as well and so yep. it, was, it was interesting hearing their thoughts on it yep but. so stick around if you're interested in us getting into some <laughs> some uh discussion about fundamentalist religions <laughs> yeah. because i kind of like as i was preparing my thoughts i kind of had like this weird revelation of like well, like Christianity is like no different in terms of like its forms of extremism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's get into the background a little yeah. bit more. Uh, so, Dustin Lance Black is the creator of the show. He was a part of the Mormon Church growing up, and he left in his twenties, I think, is what I read, or maybe mm-hmm. his teens, uh, because he was a closeted gay man and he left because of the homophobia, which not surprising that is a story for, for many people and not just Mormonism, but Christianity at large. Uh, His background is he worked on J Edgar. And then also he won an Oscar for his screen or his script or screenplay for milk. Right. Have you seen milk? I have not. Or J Edgar. I haven't, I haven't seen either one of them. So I went to the lake a couple weekends ago with some friends and Jess texted me at like 1130 and was like, I'm watching Jay Edgar. And, I, and like, apparently that movie's like really long. It's like almost two and a half or three hours. Yeah. But it's like, uh, so she and I were talking about it. This is really interesting. I don't know if you knew this, but apparently, did you know that Jay Edgar was supposedly gay? No. At craziest thing. Like we get back, we're talking about it. And I was like, how'd you like the movie? And she's like, it was okay. Apparently the makeup and wigs are like really bad in that movie. Like, okay. re- like noticeably bad. Okay. Which I didn't know. She was like, yeah, it was really, it was weird. And so like, okay, that's cool. And she was like, yeah, but it was really interesting. Like there's all this stuff about him, like being gay and blah, blah, blah. And she carried on. And I was like, wait, 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 what? And she's like, yeah, yeah did you not know that? And I was like, no. And so- Apparently, and like it kind of makes sense that uh, Dustin Lane's Black would have like kind of an insight into yeah. like because 1950s and because I'm assuming I think that was when Jedger was alive. Like, um, just have that. It's a completely different <laughs> like yeah. level of uh, uh, cultural. Like you, nope, can't can't admit right. that at all. So anyway, yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, I didn't. I did not know that about J. Edgar. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. So, did you know? I didn't know this. Dustin Lance Black is married to Tom Daly, the British diver. 
Yes. Okay. So when I found that out, I was like, no freaking way. Because I used to do Tom Daly's like ab works at workouts that he would post on YouTube. And I was like, <laughs> nice. oh, this guy's so funny. He's like, oh, I'm Tom Daly. And I was like, they're married. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that they were married. I knew that that Tom Daly was married. And I think at one point I did know this, but I don't think I, I it like registered yeah. in my brain who, who Black was. And so it just never like stuck i guess until i saw this and i was like oh man tom daly he was he was probably my crush of the 2012 olympics he's a cutie he's a cutie yeah so great anyway. form straight into great. the water great not a drop not a drop actually it's like a perfect symmetrical like splash yes. like a yes. you know in fantastic mr fox when ash jumps into the pool and it's like bloop like I haven't seen that movie. Oh, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry okay. to disappoint you. It's okay. We'll, we'll have to watch it together picks. whenever uh, whenever we're uh, we get to hang next. Yeah. But well, anyway. Anyway, we'll figure out. We'll figure that out later. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's. Where do you want to start with this? Okay. So uh, while we're still on the background, and and since we're we're kind of in that zone of still like we're not journalists but we're talking about the show but like also it's based on a true story and it's kind of weird and complicated apparently so so dustin lance black hired two former mormons as consultants on this show but no practicing mormons yeah and the desert news um desert news which is like one of the big like more like mormon um or latter-day saints like publications Mm -hmm. it was like just throwing a lot of heat on that and and mormons for the most part are throwing heat on kind of like this like hyperbolized depiction of them saying heavenly father constantly apparently like no one does that like they they were hyperbolizing that and kind of saying because dustin lynn's black was making this uh, show for people who do not practice Mormonism. And they're like, to kind of like underscore, like these people are kind of weird, you know, like I'm kind of making a Tim Robinson face, Uh, (laughs) but yeah. So, so I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting. There is a really great article that highlights and and this ties into one of the legitimate complaints with the way the show is structured. Um, the main like critical and, and legitimate like critique that people had with the show. So you have like the three structures or the three mm-hmm. plots. You have Pyrie and Gil trying to find who or trying to track down the Lafferty brothers because you find out pretty right. quickly that it wasn't Alan. It was his, it was these. Fun- fundamentalist guys his his brothers older brothers yeah yeah and then there so there's that there's um the flashback sequences which i think were pretty good and then there's the stuff with the um this like the flashback way to mormon history with joseph smith and brigham young that's like sometimes good and but like there's one instance that I thought was really good. And then one instance that I thought was like, or most of the other instances were like, this feels like kind of, how did you feel? How did you feel about that structure? So I, I see what they were trying to do Mm -hmm. with that, like trying to 
show how how the the violence and, and like kind of the bloodshed is seeped into the history of Mormonism. But also, I didn't know to what extent how true any of that was. And, and I tried to take that with a grain of salt. Like, I don't know a whole lot about the history of Mormonism. My experience with Mormonism is only limited to to my Mormon Mondays that I had in, in college. Yes, talk about so, that for, for a little okay. bit. All right, so here's, here's and what, what those happened. interactions were like. If if you if you follow me on Letterbox, you saw that I logged this mini series on Letterbox, and I said something about about Mormon Mondays. So so Mormon Mondays were something that started because these two girls who were on their Mormon mission knocked on my my door. Had I been home, I would not have answered the, the door because I do not answer the door to someone who I am not expecting to show up at my house. My One of my roommates, however, will answer the door no matter what, which like to each their own, just not how I go about things. So also had this been me, I would not have been like, do you guys want to come in and hang out? But my my roommates are much more hospitable than I am. And so... What came of that was... Oh, I'm they, sorry to interrupt. I have a... I remembered a really funny story about uh, uh, Mormons visiting our home that I want to share after you. <laughs> like okay, I had to say okay. it, otherwise I would forget. You would <laughs> Continue, forget. Okay. continue. Okay, no, you're good. So so they, they're like, well, you guys should just come over and hang out. And they, they couldn't just hang out with us. Like they had to like do a like lesson and basically preach to us. And so the interactions before they, they like did the lesson and I wasn't there for all of them, but I, I tried to be there because I, I just thought the whole thing was very fascinating. So when we were just hanging out having dinner and it was always breakfast for dinner. And I thought it was really funny that it was always breakfast for dinner. Cause my roommates would make, one of my roommates was a barista. And so like we, we always had coffee at all times. There was always coffee on the coffee pot, like fresh, and it was ready to go. And so we always drank coffee around them and, and Mormons don't drink caffeine. And so, so coffee is a no go for them. They actually, I do know this. Not many Starbucks have, in Utah. No, because of that. it's not a big market for them there. Yep. So they actually have a special, like, you can't just get like regular decaf coffee. Like you couldn't get like a Folgers decaf canister of coffee. Mm-hmm. They have like special Mormon decaffeinated coffee. I don't know what the difference is, but I, I was about to that. say, what are they getting Mormon coffee? And then you yeah. said it. <laughs> yeah, basically. And so anyway, but when we were hanging out with them, they were really cool. One of them was really cool. Like we really liked this one girl. And the other one was like, all right. So the lesson we were like, hold on. Their names were Duffy and Zoe. And Zoe was the one who was like, okay, the lesson. And we were like, can we just hang out? And so, so they we were, the they were females. They were females. Yeah. They Doing were, they a mission. Were, they were, yeah, female Mormons on their mission. Interesting. Yeah, which I, it, I think it's, it, my understanding of it is the, once, once a guy turns 18, he goes on his mission. Like that's, it's almost always expected for the male Mormons to go on their mission. Whereas like with the female Mormons, it's not as, or historically has not always been as like expected or 
Yeah, because they've been. Probably. I mean, to, uh, well, the gender roles thing. Yeah, that I guess yeah. we're into. So yeah, which like that's I would say that's probably true of of all forms of Christianity. Yeah. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Anyway, so they yeah it was these two girls on their on their mission, um, and they they would tell us all about Mormonism and the Book of Mormon, and my roommates and I are all Christians. We all, especially at that point, were pretty involved in either ministry or our respective churches. And so, so like, it's not like we were saying you guys are idiots or, you know, berating them, but it was often just like, I feel like you guys are missing, missing Christianity and missing the gospel. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, we would, we would pull out our Bibles and be like, well, this is what scripture says about these things. And they were, they, they said that the book of Mormon was not an attempt to replace the Bible, but it, and it like a way to add to the Bible, almost like a devotional. We were like, but you guys refer to it more often than, than the Bible. And so that was like one of our big complaints with Mormonism. Um, yeah. and, and so they eventually, the one, the girl that we really liked, Duffy, you, we, we all could tell that she was like questioning or like not, I don't know, doubting, but just like, I guess I'd never heard anyone talk about the gospel in the way that we had talked about it. And so she, what was interesting is that she eventually was relocated and we, we really do think that part of it was because we I don't know if we were getting to her or, or what, but like, we do believe that what we were saying was making her question or doubt mm. in ways that were not permissible or, or something along those lines. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's true. We don't know for sure, but uh, one of my roommates found them on, on Twitter, like found their social media accounts, which is crazy because she just had their first names and they are just, they were like normal, normal girls, like just posting stuff that we posted about. Like, uh, Duffy was super into Justin Bieber and was a cheerleader. And, and so I think like going back to the show, like it depicts Mormons, especially Mormon women as being like traditional, like super traditional and old school. And this was something that, uh, Brenda's sister talked about in a recent interview, Mm. how, Brenda looks like any other girl in the eighties, like seventies and eighties. And she had Mm. her hair, she would never go anywhere without her hair done up. And like all these things, like there, I think that people expect Mormons to just to be more fundamentalist. Yeah. When, when they're not kind of like almost like, like how uh, a lot of Pentecostals dress and behave. Yeah. And And, and they're, they're not, they're like, (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're regular people like you yeah. and me yeah among us just kidding um but 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 i i do believe that the depiction of the lafferty's wives it was pretty accurate like in terms of like being pretty subservient and kind of yeah. like just more traditional and apparently it was um a lot more common for utah especially those around Salt Lake City, uh, Utah Mormons to be 
more devout, more mm-hmm. a little bit more traditional. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of yeah. like their mecca. Yeah, you know, so yeah, so that that's not necessarily surprising. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so th- that's my experience with Mormonism. Uh, I did have two professors; they were married to each other in an undergrad who were Mormons, and I didn't know they were Mormon oh. until my roommate was like, did you know they were Mormon? I said, how do you know? No, I didn't know that. And she said that um, the wife had done uh, like a PowerPoint at the beginning of the semester to show like, like a get to know me type thing. Mm -hmm. And this roommate had recognized the, the building, the church building. Oh, uh, because I guess all like, most of them all look pretty similar. Most of the like Mormon churches all look pretty similar. And there's like the temple and she was like, that's a Mormon temple. I know it. And so, which I would have never in a million years guessed that this couple, like these professors were Mormon, Hmm. especially because the husband, he, not that he was like risque, but like he would cuss in class. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I would have imagined a Mormon to ever like present himself as a professor. And that's kind of what one of the things I came away with from this show is like the, from the research that I did, the Mormons who watched the show were like, that's not really Mm -hmm. how even like you said, Mormons acted or dressed like back then Mm -hmm. um, to, to a certain degree, but, but also like how much, like like you just you meet christians who are you know like you said they're like they just have different standards and like you know there are denominations of christians that are a lot less tolerant of Mm -hmm. drinking and you know and maybe even caffeine or smoking or you know just like or like even i and i grew up in a in a denomination that was pretty um not not like that like down on education but more like well what are you when are you starting a family like when are you um like why are you so interested in like music or like right like why do you want to be a musician why do you want to like play concerts or like why do you want to go in like more liberal like arts were kind of kind of seen as like bad and like not of god so right yeah and that's i think that's that is a not not all encompassing of christian culture but i think it's a a major part of it yeah and and especially like i feel this now as you know a 27 year old woman who considers herself a christian like i i mean i'm not i'm single I'm, I'm have no prospects on the horizon of getting married anytime soon or having children. And when that very much feels like that's what I should be doing. I mean, there's, there's like shame in that. And so it's, it's like stupid that there's shame in that because I mean, Paul, Paul says in the Bible, like, Basically, basically, it's one of my favorite favorite things. He's basically just like, I mean, get married if you have to, I guess, but like, it's better to be single, living on mission for Christ, than to get married. Yeah. Uh, and I think people 
forget about that for whatever reason. So yeah. anyway, yeah. what is your Mormon story? My Mormon story is a lot shorter and a lot funnier. Uh, no offense. It's just um, my dad. Sorry. Like, yeah, no, no, it, no, mine wasn't. It's not funny. It's funny that we called it Mormon. Mondays. It's more, it's more, it's, it's light. It's more lighthearted. Yours was yeah. like, like you literally like got to know these, these girls and it yeah. seemed like a really good experience. Mine's th- more throwaway. My, <laughs> these, these young guys were on mission. They, they rung our doorbell and I like, before I can get out to, I think what happened was like, before I can get out down to the landing to open the door for, to see who it is. Cause we lived on a cul-de-sac, but people would like come to like, like not homeless people, but random people like that would, or people selling stuff would like just come to our door all the time. So we're always mm-hmm. getting doorbell rings. And so I go and my, I go to the landing. I kind of turn the corner and I'm like nine or 10 or 11. And my dad is in a towel with shaving cream all over his face in the middle of a <laughs> shave. And he is either in the process of getting his PhD in theology or he has a PhD in theology. And he's like, Hey, what's up? He also has his toothbrush in his mouth because he was brushing his teeth. And he's like, Hey, how y'all doing? And like, that's, that is the epitome of like, that is my dad in a nutshell. And they're like, weirded out they're like oh uh we'll come and and, you know like you would do the same thing it's like hey i'll come back never come back another day yeah it's okay and so i think that they came in and he talked to them like in that state for like (laughs) at least 10 or 15 (laughs) minutes and they were like very uncomfortable and then i just kind of like hi and i like went back to my room and you know so that's my moment story we we needed that that levity yeah because so I'm glad you told that story. Some bad stuff happens in this series. Yeah. So, so. yeah, I let's talk about the show itself. How, how do you feel about our boy Garfield? Man, he's so good. Yeah. I love I love Garfield. He's he's so good. I've I don't feel like I've ever like really been disappointed in any of his performances. And I, I think that he does a really good job as as portraying a character who is trying to hold on to his beliefs, but then also starts questioning his beliefs while doing this like incredibly difficult job. Yeah. I I can't imagine being in this small town where the worst thing that's ever happened is like someone ran a stop sign or whatever, you know, like something super small and he has to go into this like horrible crime scene mm-hmm. and see this gruesome murder of people he like i mean he doesn't personally know but like he knows of them yeah and yeah. and i just yeah i think he he does a great job acting i think Wyatt russell does a great job of being a psychopath yeah yeah and and sam so, worthington like it hasn't been in much that I've seen at least recently. Yeah. Um, he's really good in this. I, people, I saw people kind of ragging on his accent cause he's Australian, I believe. Right. Am I right? Uh, let me look. You keep talking. I, I have the look. cast. I have the cast pulled up. I can, I, do I can too. look. Through, okay. You go for it. Yeah. yeah I, I, I like, he is I like him. He's, he's like interesting. He's intense. Um, mm-hmm. 
I didn't have a problem with his accent. Maybe I'm bad at picking I up on stuff like that. I didn't even pay attention to it. So yeah. I Daisy think, Edgar yeah. Jones plays Brenda. Right. I, I want to tie the knot real quick because like that was one of the main complaints that, you know, Brenda's sis- sister who is still alive, still with us, um, really focused in on that, like not anything personal about Daisy Edgar Jones's performance, but just that the show like you said, didn't portray her as she was like kind of, yeah. she, apparently she would, she was stubborn and kind of like would speak her mind more forcefully. She mm-hmm. said with regards to the scene where she's in the um, radio room at BYU mm-hmm. and the professor makes a pass at her. She said her, uh, her sister said that uh, Brenda would have punched that man in the face. Yeah. And, and that. That, that that was the type of person that she was. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen Daisy Edgar Jones and much else? She's, she's like 100% so. a rising star. Um, I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to. So she, she was in fresh. I watched fresh a couple weeks ago. Yes. Um, she was in normal people, which I didn't watch, but I heard that was really good. Yeah. And so that's a, that was another mini series that was on Hulu as well. And everyone said that it was, it came out in 2020 and everyone said it was like just depressing. And I was depressed enough in 2020, so I didn't need any, yep. any extra help. But she's also going to be in Where the Crawdads Sing, which was a really popular book. It's mm-hmm. being adapted. So yeah, so she's definitely a rising star. And I thought, I really liked her performance. I didn't, I purposely didn't read much like anything about Brenda Lafferty or any of the Lafferty's before this, because I didn't want that to, because often when I know something like know the actual story of, of whatever it is, I then get bummed out when it doesn't, when the portrayal of it doesn't mm-hmm. meet those same expectations. So I'm, I'm glad I didn't have that in my head because it, I would have been disappointed that, that Brenda wasn't quite the, f- not that she wasn't a fireball or mm-hmm. as stubborn, but she, it just, yeah, it just didn't seem like it, the character was written in that way that was more true to how her sister has described Brenda. And again, yeah. this is not, this is- Warning, warning, Edgar warning. This performance was good. I, I liked her performance. It, it just seems like she was- a little pious. bit, a little bit. Yeah. Pious is a good word. I was going to say muted a little bit, but you yeah. do, they do flesh it out to the point where like, basically she is killed by Dan and Ron because Ron was abusive to his wife played by Denise uh, Goff. I believe that's how I say her last name. Denise Goff it plays Diana. She's going to be Mon Mothma in uh, Andor, the Star Wars series. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. So we'll see her again pretty soon. Cool. Um, I'm uh, quick sidebar. I'm very excited for Andor. Um, yeah. Did you see the trailer? The trailer looks incredible. It yeah. looks like it's going to be kind of its own thing. Hopefully, like Mandalorian was. That's so. that's what I. That's honestly what I want with the Star Wars universe. This is a complete sidebar, but that's what I want. So. Here's to hoping that our content overlords uh, give us what we really want. <laughs> Which is all that really matters is we get our fan service. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that was like both Mormon and non-Mormon um, criticisms of the show were that 
Daisy Edgar Jones was a little bit was definitely underutilized in that. I agree. And that it doesn't really it does she she basically helps Diana get mm-hmm. away because Ron is like physically abusive to her to her and there's kind of this um lurk lurking uh evil of the church not go into the authorities and helping the kind of like trying to handle everything in house which is just a story that happens time and again with any christianity or really any religion right well and that that's what hit really close to home for me as someone who grew up within a southern baptist church i don't know if you saw this but here recently, just like within the past few weeks of the time that we're recording this episode, there was this whole investigative report of like uh, the past 20 years of all of these pastors within the the Southern Baptist Convention just covering up abuse after abuse after abuse. And it like, what's so annoying is that, it's not annoying, it's infuriating how Baptists will be the first to point the finger at, at Catholics and be like, you guys are awful. And it's like, you guys are doing the same thing. It's been happening over and over again for years yeah. and years and years. And yep. so, so it's just, so this, that's what hit home for me was just like the ways in which it's just covered up. And, and this is not, I'm not saying that Mormon, the Mormon church is, is, wrong or bad for that like i don't actually know how how mormons have have addressed any of that yeah but i mean it seems like in the show and i think they did this like this was actually true ron and dan were both excommunicated from the church yes that's correct so like that's fine and well it just seems like this and this is my this is one of my issues with with all of the church like big c church is I feel like there's not enough being done to even today to help women who are in abusive situations. Like one of my friends is a social worker in Fort Smith, Arkansas and a pastor at a church that we didn't go to, but we had friends who went there told a woman in his congregation that she should stay with her husband who's being completely abusive to her because that's what that's not a good reason to get divorced or to leave yeah yeah and it's like that's that is not true that's a fantastic reason to leave yeah so anyway sorry i went on that actually i'm not sorry i went on that tangent no that's that i feel very strongly about this isn't a uh this is no top gun this let me let me tell you Yeah, so we'll just have to come up for air every once in a while. Um, uh, Yeah, (laughs) we're in the danger zone, but it's not in a fun way. Yeah, it's a a little hairy. Uh, Heavenly Father, give us strength. Give us beer of strength. (laughs) Heavenly Father, beer of strength. Let's see what else. How did you feel about... We'll come back to some of the uh, Mormon history mm-hmm. um, flashbacks. How did? Here's a question: How did, does this show work without Garfield or someone of Garfield's caliber? 
Probably not. Because I think it really, I think it really, um, and I've kind of wrestled with this back and forth because the scene with the flashbacks of the Mormon history where they kill, where Joseph Smith is killed. Mm-hmm. And apparently, historically, Brigham Young did not like instigate plan, that. Pl- plan that. Apparently, that yeah. is like fictitious. Right. It's like, sure, you have to do that, but it's also like, it's definitely misleading because your audience is not <laughs> Mormon. So right. I, I have a little bit of a problem with that. I think that this show would have worked better if it was just Garfield like wrestling. Like if if they just have fewer flashbacks and if it was just Garfield wrestling more and more, I would have rather them like included fictitious conversations with Garfield and the Lafferty brothers, like more intense chases, Mm -hmm. more stuff like that. So that you see Garfield, like you do see it at the end of episode. I'm going to look real quick just so I can um, confirm, but episode six uh, or maybe, no, 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 seven revelation, which was directed by uh, Isabel Sandoval. So good, like, mm-hmm. like that. That episode feels different. You get a lot of close ups, you get like it feels just a lot more personal and intentional mm-hmm. and raw. And at the end of that episode, he is crying in his car in his garage because he just told his wife, like, I don't know if I believe this anymore. Like, I don't think I can. And it's really, really powerful. Yeah. Which is a scary statement to make. I think that's a scary statement to make. Because you see how much he loves his family and like how much faith is like really holds their family together. Right. Yeah. And so I think anyone who has ever wrestled with their faith has has been so scared to ever say something like that, especially if they ended up leaving the church, whatever Mm -hmm. church they were part of. And and saying that, like, it's an incredibly vulnerable thing to say. And and, like, once you say it, you can't take it back. And and, like, you can eventually go like, go, okay, I've come back to it. I do believe this. This is how I view it differently or whatever. But when it's so ingrained into you and so intertwined with how, your family operates and how you operate within your community and, and your entire life is, is built around this thing saying, I don't know if I believe this anymore is devastating. And, and like, yep. or especially when you have created a life with someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like I can kind of put my, I can kind of put myself in that scenario and just how, how difficult it had to have been so that hit hit me really hard watching watching the end of that episode is just incredibly raw and 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 sad it's it's i've working on a christian campus and the counseling center like i see people wrestle with their faith a lot and I, i mean obviously i'm not going in there saying well this is what you should believe and but giving them space. Hey, why are to, you like, depressed? Do you ever yeah. ask that as a Christian counselor? Yeah. <laughs> why don't I, you just trust God? Hey, have you prayed about it? Why don't you um, just feel better? You should no, you could, or you could just quote immediately. Yeah, you could just quote the Book of Mormon. You cannot just believe part way. You have to believe in it all. 
Your problem is doubting the Lord's will instead of standing tall. <laughs> oh, have you anyway. book of Mormon came to Robinson here in little rock a couple years ago. And I uh-huh. truly regret not going. I believe is, have you listened to the soundtrack? It's so yes. funny. It's, it's so one funny. of my favorite song, like songs for a musical ever. And the, especially the line, I, I remember one of my roommates, sh- like I had never listened to it before. And one of my roommates who's also really big into musicals, she this was the same semester we were doing Mormon Mondays. She was like asking me if I'd ever seen it. And we were driving to a coffee shop, I think. And she like played it, I believe. And it was the first time I'd ever heard it. And I was cracking up the whole time. And what really got me was the line where it was like, and I believe in whatever year. 1978. That God cha- yeah, that God <laughs> yeah. changed his mind about black people. I lost it. <laughs> That that I was driving and I was like I I've got to pay attention to the road, but man, that's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, man, yeah. The book I of believe Mormon, that uh, the musical. I believe that God lives on a planet called Kolob. I believe that Jesus has his own planet as well, and I believe that the Garden of Eden was in Jackson County, Missouri. <laughs> Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so funny okay but real quick like the whole going back to the first the first uh line about um like a mormon just believes like Mm -hmm. you gotta not doubt the lord's will you just gotta stand tall um that's that the scene where word is kind of spreading around town that pyries like kind of start starting to look into or consider the some the mormon church like some of it's coming back or reflecting on them pretty badly and the their bishop they have that meeting with the bishop about their daughters like i guess their baptism or in some something along those lines Mm -hmm. and they're talking and uh the and he's expressing doubt and concern and the bishop says something along the lines of you need to put your take your doubts and put them on a shelf and trust God. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the most like unnerving moments as well for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that is so Mormon gaslighting. And it's it's not just Mormon gaslighting, like that's just Christian gaslighting. Like yeah. yeah. I again, man, working in the community I work in and hearing some of the things that people who have some sort of authority within the church have told some of the people I I work with. It's just, it's wild to me. Like truthfully, truthfully, it's made me like even question my own beliefs. Cause it's just like, this cannot be, this cannot be it. And I don't think it is like, I, I don't believe that that's how, how God intended anything to be or how, how he feels like the church like his church should be or behave or respond to things. But man, there have been lots of times where I've been like, I don't, man, is this, is this really Christianity? And it's not, it's, if, if you are not allowing room to doubt, then that's not actual, like actual Christianity in, in my yeah. opinion, because like, even Jesus, yeah, exactly. even Jesus was like, like doubt, like he, he, he didn't want to to suffer and go through what he was going to go through right before he died on the cross Mm -hmm. and so 
anyway, yeah, but I, th- I think that it's, it's healthy to doubt. And I think when you, you squash any room for doubt, you're only creating like future problems, future yep. issues. It's yeah. I mean, it, office. it's like, it's like keep keeping your head down and like running as fast as you can. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how I think about it. And you can't do, you can't maintain that forever. No, like, you just can't, you can't run forever. Yep. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. It's heavy stuff. It's It's, heavy stuff. Oh man. And, and it's, it's good to experience, not experience things like your wife getting killed, but like, it's good to experience any, any sort of challenge that makes you, or any sort of conversation that makes you really like, dang, do I like believe that? Like, how do I, how do I reckon with, with me with like me believing according to the faith that I profess that like Mm -hmm. these people will go to hell. Like, how does that make me feel? Or like, do I actually believe that? Like logically? Yeah. And I think that this, this show, while I think it was, it seems like it was meant to depict Mormonism in a, in a bad light. I mean, that's, that's kind of how that was yeah. the thread of the book, right? The thesis of the book is that, um, oh, what is it that religion breeds violence and bad men? Yep. And and that seems to be kind of kind of the point of the show as well. And while I don't agree with that, I do think that any religion can produce extremists, and, and I mean we can look at the past couple of years and see that too. You know, like there's just something the other day I saw on, on Twitter where uh, an actual represent uh, elected representative was in a church talking about how like Jesus didn't have enough AR 15s to protect him from the government that killed him. And it's like, Oh yeah, that, I saw that. That is not like, that is extremism. That is, and we're, I'm not even going to go into that, but like that is extremism right now in our own country. And I mean, think about, think about how, how Muslims were treated after nine 11. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, and that's what's pretty interesting. This article um, in the Atlantic in the Atlantic kind of yeah. draws that comparison. And you're kind of like, man, I, I, I get it, but also like like I, I do get that comparison but it's also a little I don't know I don't know it's like it's part of it's the recency thing like like the sure. Mormon faith is extremely young um yeah it's also like there are like countless just bizarre things about the founding of the about specifically Joseph Smith that just make zero sense Right. And that like historians, like you have to chalk it up to faith, but in a way that like, you can tell the story of Jesus rising from the dead and like miracles and that kind of thing. And it's like, time has passed and who knows what, like the technology could have, would have changed, you know, if, if technology existed whenever Jesus was walking the earth in 33 uh, AD or whatever. So part of its recency, part of it is like, man, like not a lot of like makes sense about your religion and also 
there's a lot of like pretty, pretty terrible violence associated. Like it just, I don't know. I don't like the mountain, the mountain meadows massacre. Like that is, there were even more people killed than what was depicted in the right. series. Like it's pretty, pretty rough. And I don't know if right. Mormons get a free pass the way (laughs) the way the way like because it was also like it was ubiquitous with muslims and then if someone's like hey let's do like a little deep dive on the mormon church like there are progressive mormons i read about like who have said the church should talk about um mountain meadows and and that kind of thing and yeah address those difficult conversations yeah which article was it that you the one from W-B-U-R. I don't know what that stands for, but I, I read that article Yeah, here too. and now. And, and yeah, like that, that woman was like, no, these are things that the Mormon church should definitely address. And there has been a lot of like docu-series about pretty violent things that have happened in uh, the Mormon history. Like I, I watched the Netflix docu-series Murder Among Mormons Mm-hmm. And it was, it was dark. And so like, I think, I think what I was getting at with that comparison is like, not to say it's the same, but also like Christian, especially white evangelical Christians in America want to act like Christians have never done anything wrong when, I mean, there, there were literally wars called the crusades that yeah. were all about Christians doing awful things in the name of Jesus. And and still to this day, like people do awful things in the name of Jesus. Like, like Dan Lafferty was talking about, or in, in the show, Dan Lafferty was talking about, um, well, this is like, this is what God has ordained to have multiple wives. And was like, I'm going to take your daughters, my stepdaughters. Oh, so scary. Yeah. And that was, Oh man, that made my like skin crawl. I wanted to throw up when that scene happened because it was horrific. Got a shout out. Um, just to, I want to shout out uh, da, 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 da. the gal who plays uh, Chloe Peary, who plays Matilda. Um, oh yeah, Dan's wife, White Russell's wife. She mm-hmm. is. This is also like it, like we should have said this at the top. It's a great cast. It's an incredible cast. All around. R- Rory Colkin is like on cocaine, like <laughs> talking about how he's uh, God's God's warrior and uh, has a huge huge long beard. Chloe Peary is really incredible throughout the entire series. She just has a face yeah. that like is designed like to look terrified constantly. Yeah. And she yeah. does it so well. Is like expresses concern so so well. She's a really really great. I would say one of the standouts from this I series. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I feel like we should have talked about her sooner when we talked about the cast at the top because she was in the Queen's Gambit. She was also in Emma, which came the twenty twenty Emma. Mm-hmm. Who was she in Queen's Gambit? She was Alice. She was her mom. She was Anya Taylor oh, Joy's mom. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, she, she was so good in this and I loved her. I was really fascinated by her character because 
ultimately she was trying to protect her daughters and even like snuck them out. Yep. Which was, which is really difficult to do. And then she was hiding in the closet. You realized she had been hiding for days. Like, Oh yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, and so, yeah, she was great in this. And so anyway, I don't know where we were before that. We were about to go. I was about to like send us into territory where (laughs) I was about to draw comparisons between like the, well, okay. I do want to mention it real quick. The whole thing with them being like anti-tax and like basically taking up arms about, well, we're, we're getting taxed. Um, we shouldn't be taxed. It's not God's will that we should get taxed. Like it was kind of like went down that Uh basically like that way. And then that led them to like, well, let's just do our own thing. Like God, it's God's will that we should do this. Um, we're being persecuted. Like they talked there are a couple episodes where they talked about quite a bit of, uh, quite a bit about persecution and how it was like, you're not being persecuted. You just need to pay your taxes so that you can live in this country and we'll <laughs> leave you alone. Like yeah. the go- we are coming after you because you're not, you're, you're avoiding hundreds of thousands of dollars of taxes. That's why right. we're going after you. Like, just, we'll leave you alone. Just yeah. give, us, give us the money that everyone else has to pay. Right. Uh, so, so yeah. it's a little bit of like, you were saying like white privileged people, like, Oh, we're being persecuted. It's like, no, you're just right. A pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's no, how I feel. I mean, I, hey, hey, I think, I think that, I think taxation can go too far for sure. sure. Everything, anything good. But like in this, in this scenario, it's also like, Hmm, no, they're just like, they, they think they're above. Yeah. So yeah. Like, no, do I like paying taxes? Absolutely not. It's stupid. I hate it. I also like having, I'm so poor and I like having roads to drive on. So, but I also like having roads to drive on. I like having schools that, not my kids because I don't have any but like that other people's children can go to for free I love the idea of free education and I think everyone deserves I think that's a right for everyone absolutely and so if I have to pay taxes to help other people and myself then by all means yeah go I will pay my taxes that's fine yep um it's just yeah they and this is where I was going with this is like, it's even biblical. Like Jesus says, give Render to Caesar. Caesar. Render to Caesar, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's not like he's like, you are exempt from ever having to pay taxes because you are a Mormon or a Christian or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, give the government what belongs to the government and get and like, you know, tithe to the church, but also give to the government what, what you owe them. Yeah. And so you're not above something just because you're a white man. Like, I'm sorry. Sorry, Isaac. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, me. Um, This, the final moments of this season are pretty interesting because basically at the end of the penultimate episode, uh, Revelation, um, Pyrie is crying in his car because he just told his wife, I'm not sure I believe this anymore. And she's, it's like incredibly raw and and emotional. And then the next episode, he and Gil leave to go to Nevada to find Ron and Dan. Mm -hmm. 
there was I didn't love I kind of wish that the series had ended on that episode because I didn't love the final episode. I don't know how you felt about it. Um yeah. I felt that we had kind of been set up for some more emotional like payoff with Andrew Garfield and his wife kind of like reckoning about their faith mm-hmm. because there's a also the scene as someone who's about to have a daughter the scene where he tells his wife like you don't even realize but like the things that our girls are writing in their journals is scaring me like that we are teaching them to think like that like god please give me a priesthood holder who will a mighty priest mighty righteous priesthood holder who will lead me into your presence like stuff like that it's like it's also like what like what does that even mean like why do they know like uh, it's and and I, yes, like yeah, that is that is scary to to me personally because it, like yeah, the whole gender roles and sexism mm-hmm. and that there's a lot of stuff underlying that one little sentence that a six year old girl might write in her yeah. journal. So um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about that last episode and Pyrie's the payoff with him and his wife because the, the series ends with him with his mom looking over the river and it's really beautiful and really scenic and really peaceful. And he echoes Gil's words and says, it's a miracle that I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is like almost saying it's almost refuting Alan, Alan Lafferty saying this religion breeds dangerous men mm-hmm. because Pyrie apparently is like one of the good ones. Like, how do you feel about the resolution? I just, I didn't love the resolution in the final ep- episode. I I liked that moment he had with his mom. I thought that was a really sweet moment that I I think that it's it's easy to overlook little moments like that to just like get to to be with with someone you care about and love. Yep. I I and so I think like I think that is a miracle like that we we get to have relationships with people and get to love them and care for them. And they love us and care for us, despite you know the all the stuff that makes us human. And, and like I think that's a, I think that that was a really sweet moment. I think there's not a resolution between him and his wife. It doesn't feel like you know. And and so they have this really intense, difficult, hard moment where he's you know having this this essentially an existential crisis in his car and it builds very faith. naturally to that yeah. point in episode six yeah. with his it, his wife uh played by adelaide clemens also great um yeah no it gets to that point and it feels very natural and organic and then you're like yeah. dang what's gonna happen next yeah and then like and nothing there, happens there's like no no resolution with that which was I, I I wish there would have been because I think that that's something that, again, I th- I think to a certain extent maybe not to that 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 extent but I think we all have moments like that where or at least I have where it's just like I have a crisis of faith and and, yep. and it's scary to talk about that with other people and when we do sometimes we're met with kind of how his his wife met him of like you got to get this together basically. And 
that's scary. That's not how, how that's not helpful that situation necessarily. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that it would be cool to have seen her come back to, to him later and, and, and how, like, I don't know. I don't know what I would have wanted. It just, it just didn't feel like there was a resolution with that. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I don't have a solution either, but and, I just, maybe, I wish that it had been a little bit different. Maybe him taking, uh, what was his partner's name? Gil. Gil. Yeah. Is that his partner's name or is that the actor's name? Sorry, I'm saying Gil. His name was Bill. Gil Birmingham Bill. played yeah. Bill Taba. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe the resolution was was Pyrie taking Taba's words and saying, you know, this is just being here with you is the miracle. Yeah. It would have it would have felt. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great point. It would have felt a lot more organic if he had just said that to his wife. Yeah, because his his mom is like has some great moments, but I feel like ultimately she was a little bit of a distraction from the core emotional story with him and his wife yeah. and girls yeah. and like what you know their family represents. Mm-hmm. So, also while we're talking about Gil Birmingham, he was really good in this too. Like he was really great. I I feel like he overall is is just an underappreciated actor. Yep. Yep. So. He's uh, apparently he's great on he's great on Yellowstone and yeah. um, he's great in Wind River. I've actually do you know I forgot he was in Twilight. Oh, I was about to say he's great in Twilight. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, he plays uh, Taylor Lochner's aka Jacob. He plays his dad. That's crazy. Yeah, I would never <laughs> think that they would be related. <laughs> that's kind of funny. Well, because. Gil Birmingham is is native because like that's they're like yeah native. Yeah. I have no I don't actually know if Taylor Lautner is native or not. I think he was just a hot guy. Yeah, which like I don't think he's native, which is like whatever. It's not the first time something like that has happened. Yeah, yeah. But it's just it's funny. Um, he's yeah, he is he kind of represents. There's some great scenes with him and like elder of the Mormon Church, and he's like. Hey, like Lamanite. Yep. Call me Lamanite. I'm right here. Yeah. Don't like it. Uh, y'all have, you people have problems. Yeah. Well, and also I think that like what I appreciate about, about Taba's character is, is that he, he talks about how these stories that are told within Mormonism and just truthfully, just, I say truthfully, I mean, realistically, uh, just the like the u.s in general at large is you know that that these people came over to help build a new land when really they they stole land from the native americans and and almost killed them all yeah and and just destroyed their way of life and and you know we're told one thing as kids in school but you know, native kids are told something different, which is probably more accurate to what actually happened. Yep. And, and so Taba is like, I remember these things differently because it was told differently to me as a kid. Yep. And yeah, he, I mean, he plays kind of a, he, I mean, he plays devil's advocate a lot to any of the, 
the elders in the church, which I appreciated. And to and to Garfield, like him right. and him and yeah. Garfield have that. Uh, yeah, again, great chemistry. And when it is in closer to that true detective mode, where they're chasing the bad guys and it's mm-hmm. scary and you don't really know what's happening, they're putting together the the mystery. Like it's that's when it's humming for me. And when mm-hmm. it starts to flash back to like, well, this happened because in Mormon history, and it's again, 90, yeah. 90% of it's, uh, 75% of the time is pretty clunky. And then the yeah. other 25%, I was like, Oh, that was really good. The, yeah. the part, my favorite part with the flashback and how it connected to the present was apparently, and I forgot to look up whether or not this is significant. So I apologize, but there's a, when he comes home and he, when Ron comes home and he's about to beat Diane, mm-hmm. he gives his son his watch and it's stopped oh, yeah. on a certain time. And you realize that it's the time that like Brigham Young was, or not Brigham Young, Joseph Smith was killed. And then, so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's like really kind of chilling and interesting. But then mm-hmm. I forgot to look up whether or not that's yeah. a real thing. It may just yeah. be hyperbole so sure yeah and i think i think that taba i think i also i like taba's character because i think it's really easy for people to think well mormons just don't like anyone who's not a mormon and same for christians just in general like like you only associate with your kind and and i and like any it's like a us versus them mentality and so anyone who's not us is is them and they're against us which is not true. And, and I think that Taba's character serves as a way of say, saying like, hey, just because you're not a Mormon doesn't mean you can't be compassionate and care and, and love others. Because he, he cares about Pyrie. Like he yeah. often is like, go home, go be with your family, be with your wife, be with your kids, sleep, you need to sleep. Like yep. he, he cares about, about him. And, and it's, kind of the the grizzled veteran cop kind of way of going about caring but like it's obvious that he cares about them despite their their very different opinions on probably most things but specifically religion so and i think that it's really easy for christians to and mormons to just be like well anyone who's not of my faith is wrong Mm -hmm. it's like calm down yeah so anyway well Olivia, this has been a great conversation about this show. Do you have any final words? Uh, words of wisdom? Words of wisdom. I think, so for me, the show, it's, you, I think it's, it's helpful to take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, this is not how all Mormons or even most Mormons are the few interactions I've had with Mormons have been really pleasant. Just, just like, you know, any, anyone from any other religious belief system has, has been overall pretty pleasant. And so I think that it's easy to paint Mormons as, as horrible because of something like this and just their, their history. Um, I think also like if, if you are doubting your own faith, like, that's okay. That's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, ex- explore that. It's okay for you to explore that. And, and there's room for that. So also just, 
guys go to therapy because the whole time I was like, Oh, all these people need therapy. And like for so many different reasons, but also so many of the same reasons, the, the, the patriarch father Lafferty and the yeah, I mean, yeah, incredible damage that. that he did. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's inflicted like, on his kids is like incredibly upsetting. Yeah. It, I mean, just the intergenerational trauma, which I feel like I talk about that a lot on here, but man, you can see it in this. Like Olivia's going on her, her, her therapy thing again. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if if the show is hard, the show is hard to watch. I think period because of the nature of it. And so if it brings up anything for you, I highly suggest talking about it with with a professional with a therapist um yep. that's those are my words of wisdom isaac what about you i echo what you said it's good to have doubts it's good to have doubts about your faith because either no i think it will make your faith stronger whatever your faith ends ends up being mm-hmm. and it's it's good to wrestle through difficult things um and do it with people that you care about and if it's affecting you personally see a see a therapist for sure and uh yeah watch this if any of that sounds interesting to you. <laughs> but it is it's a i wish i do wish we'd gotten a little bit more true detective um from from garfield in birmingham but uh still a good really great like you know um stone in the uh christianity gauntlet for uh for Garfield. So happy, happy that we got this performance for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And the articles that we mentioned will, when this episode's uploaded, we'll add that to our Twitter and Instagram accounts so that you guys can also read those articles and know that we're not just referencing stuff, just to reference stuff like they're actual. For sure. Lots of interesting stuff. Like we have follow-up homework if y'all want it. So Yeah. Thank you for listening. This episode is produced by uh, no one because I'm just going to throw it up. But Our it's going to be great. Though, is, is Our producer Lyle, is Walter Lyle. we Lyle. do love Walter. He's not here, but uh, he, man, he would have had a lot to say. So yeah. he said he might do a Walter's Corner like Midnight Mass. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, our music is by Cord and Jocks. Our artwork is by Macy Lummis. Our next episode, I believe, is going to be Obi-Wan. Is that yeah, correct? So. Cool. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll go a lot, a lot more fun. Um, we can address all my uh, problems with the third sister not being evil. And um, I don't know, Dr. Strange coming through the portal and saving Obi-Wan from Darth Vader. Okay, I have one nit- to pick. Like, <laughs> I was so, I was like, are you seriously not going to like put out the fire with the force and just walk across the coals to get Obi-Wan like, do you remember that? Do, are you yeah, that far? No, yeah, yeah. That no, was I'm so lame. I was like, oh no, there's a... F- when he was getting burned, I was like, oh shoot, that's crazy. But the fact that... The fact that like Vader was just separated right there and he couldn't just walk across and like... Or use the force and like pull Obi-Wan over to his side and capture him. I was like, okay, this is kind of lame. Did you have that thought? Am I just like a nerd? Do you remember I mean, that? Like you are, I know exactly what the gal shot the thing caused a yeah. distraction and right. then someone came out and grabbed Obi-Wan and I was like, Vader could just use the force and like grab Obi-Wan right now. 
here's the thing about Star Wars. If you try to apply logic to any of it, it doesn't make sense. So, I mean, there's so many things that I just think it was ill. Ill, that whole scenario is a little ill constructed. That that's just me. I'm just okay. saying. I'm, I'm just. I'm saying. just saying. I'm just saying. If you try to apply logic to Star Wars or to the Marvel universe or to any really anything, yep. it makes too much sense, and then it it really ruins the experience. So true. So true. So so don't apply logic to anything. Just nothing matters. Yeah. Nothing That's matters. That's not how I want to end this. So be nice. So be nice. <laughs> That's what we learned from everything, everything everywhere, everywhere, all at once. All at once. Yeah. So. Yep. That was it. All right. That was cool. it. That's the best way to end this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks Take- everyone for listening. Goodbye. We'll see you later. And um, dang it, I and just did like you know. Do you remember when Walter was on for his first couple episodes, and he was like, "I never know what to say at the end." I'm like, uh-huh. dude, just calm down. I feel like him right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, see you. May the force be with you.